How many of you know what Murphy's Law is? You know, if something can go wrong, it will, right? Well, I feel like I've lived that this morning. Have any of you ever just felt like you're living in Murphy's Law? Okay. Well, are you aware that there's another law called Cole's Law? It's thinly chopped up cabbage. Now, that was a good one. My cousin gave me that. All right. There you go. Remember God's faithfulness. That's what we're going to talk about. Last week, I, after talking with you guys, I went back as I often do and just sat down in my office, began to think, and all of a sudden God began to, it was almost like he said, take a pen and write. And as I looked at the 13th chapter of the book of Exodus, I wrote down four things that God gave me. Because you see, sometimes I think we get so enthralled with the stories of the Bible. The Bible stories are absolutely marvelous. It shows the good, the bad, the ugly of the people that God uses. And most of them are like you and I. We've been broken sometime. In fact, someone has said, you can't really be fully useful to God until God has brought you through that valley of broken bones and then spoke and breathed life back into you. These are points we need to hear this morning because the story is great and we'll go through it. But you see, Scripture was written for us that we may have a broader knowledge and foundation of just how faithful God is. And in a time when there is so much misinformation, you don't know who to believe or not to believe. God's word is a voice that has stood the test of time. It's not been shaken. It's not been disapproved. It is always happens exactly like God said. They're going to the children of Israel when they get in Canaan. They're going to go to a big valley. One will be on one mountain, one be on the other. And they're going to recite the law. And the law is going to say the blessings if you follow the law and the curses if you don't. And I want you to know that when we swerve off of God's path, it's very weedy, very boggy, and you get bogged down. When you stay on the road of God's word, it is a straight line even if you're living in the wilderness of your life. This morning, here are the four points very quickly. Number one, never forget your slavery. Never forget your slavery. Okay? That's found in Exodus. passage. You shall tell your son on that day. Now, what day is that? This is the institution of once a year, this feast, week feast of unleavened bread. So on that day, if your son asks, you'll tell him on that day, it is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. And it shall be to you as a sign in your hand and as a memorial between your eyes. It's going to be right there at front and center of your mind. That the law of the Lord may be in your mouth, for with a strong hand the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep this statue as its appointed time from year to year. Remember your slavery. 
You say, did they remember? Some of them did. But you see, what that says to you and I today is, do you remember your slavery? Now, you may say, I've never been enslaved to, at all. But in sin, we were enslaved. It was impossible without the Spirit of God calling us to even think about wanting to know the truth about Jesus. We were enslaved to the habits, enslaved to the sins, enslaved to the addictions. And yet through Jesus Christ, he has broken the bonds. He's taken the doors off a of prison. He's thrown them away. And he has given us this freedom so that sin no longer has its bounds on us. Do you remember that? How many times do we walk back into a cell with no door? And it's because that memory has been erased from our mind. Now listen, I'm not talking about going into depression about what your life was like before you became a Christian. But I'll tell you, it's a great for to have a little glance in the rearview mirror every once in a while, when we begin to think, boy, God is lucky that we're his children. Whenever we get to that point where we think, now life is just simply, I'll put it in neutral and coast through life, we need to understand the price that was paid, we need to know the slavery that we come out of, and we need to keep that to the forefront of our mind. And in our case, it was that precious blood of Jesus that was shared. And that still small voice of God that said, come to me, lay your labors and your addictions down. Because listen, according to scriptures, when he sets you free, he sets you free indeed. That's an exclamation mark. You are free. So it's good for us to never forget our slavery. Because there are a lot of voices that are in my head and your head today. Newspapers, television, commercials, billboard. Everywhere you go, somebody has some misinformation to sell you and you can become confused. You say, well, you'll never be confused about right and wrong. Right now, we have homosexual marriages. We're teaching kids and that three and five years old that they may not be a boy or girl. Uh, they can determine whatever they want to be, that it's okay to kill 63 million babies. Your reason that's okay is because we have allowed it to happen. And so the world will give you their information. And there's a lot of voices. I have a prayer that I pray. Lord, make my head hard as flint when it comes to the fiery darts of Satan. But when it comes to your word, may my mind be like plowed, fertile ground. May it bear roots downward and bear fruit upward. I have to pray that all the time because I'm hearing the same voices you're hearing. You know, some people say, well, you know, I've been serving the Lord for 50 years and nobody knows who I am. Let me ask you something. How many of you know Greg, Captain Greg, uh, Hanson Gregory? How many of you know him? I bet most of you today have already enjoyed his invention. He's an unknown guy, but here's what he invented. That's Horatio, fine looking young man, love the beard, but here's what he invented. Last week was National Donut Week. You see, he was unknown. Nobody says, give me a 
uh, Hanson Gregory special. They're just going to get a donut. One of the things that God, uh, Satan will work on in our pride is we think we are unknown. And we think that we should be known by what we do. But the Bible says we are to be known in only one way. And that's by our love. Love does not mean you approve immoral, immoral activities and behavior. What it does say is you love that person that until that day is trapped in sin and you have the answer and his name is Jesus Christ. Many of you are saying, yeah, but you know, if I, if I volunteer to do something, it may be beyond what I can do. Well, God never puts you to the test before you're ready. In Exodus 13, 17 through 18, it says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not leave them by the way of the land of the Philistines. They would meet the Philistines when it was time. Although that was near, for God said, least the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness towards the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. They were ready for battle, but God said, you're not quite ready. You see, I think there was some wondering going on. Now, many people have a view that the Israel marched out, Pharaoh got his cavalry, and he went right out behind it. But no, we don't know how long. There is a 30-day mourning period of death in Egypt. So we don't know how long it was before God stirred up Pharaoh's heart and began to come after the Egyptians and the Israelites. And as I read this, I think that wandering path that they took to get to the point where God would show miraculous ways to move them across the Red Sea was for them to begin to walk in freedom. Because for 450 years, they had walked shackled as slaves. They did not know how to be free. They didn't know how to enjoy it. I have preached and churches, particularly one uh, in Latvia. They had only been a free country for 10 years, and yet they were still in the fear of the government. In the church, they would hug me and, and happy to see me, and they were glad. When I walked down the streets of that town, they would put their head down and move on like they didn't know me, because they had not yet learned how to live free. God will never send you before he has prepared you and prepared the place for you to go. This couple that was just on stage, God began to prepare them as he said, move to Florida. And they moved and they got used to the voice of God. God had a ministry prepared for them in West Virginia before they left Illinois. All they And they were equipped when they left for Illinois from Illinois because they had a will to do God's will. But they were equipped and God said it's time and in two weeks they make the move. You know, when I ask you to serve in some capacity, listen, that is an opportunity for you, for you to learn maybe again how to trust God. Because with all the voices we have, we become fearful. And the Bible says fear casts out love. 
And so in order to cast out fear, we simply love God with all of our heart and say to him, God, this is how much I love you. You gave me this life. This life is yours. You gave me these abilities. I can write that $20 check. I can put some cash in there. I can serve on a camera. I can serve in my church. I can meet people with a smile. I can share them what with God, God has done for me. God is waiting for us to literally begin to walk in faith. And I want to say to us who are here today, there is no time in our life no matter how old we are, that we are exempt from the service of God. Because when we stop practicing faith and trust in God by simply pulling back and making excuses, then that's where fear comes in. We give it an open door because we don't have before our mind how we have trusted God. I imagine you're all like I, I am. When I was a young uh, father and had three boys, we and went. God called me into the ministry, left a great job, a great retirement. God gave me a better job and an even greater eternal retirement. But during that time, my wife and I lived by faith. And you don't know the times that our children were going to be going to a camp or go to something special. And I just was scratching my head and walking the floor. How am I going to get this money? The mail would come and there'd be a envelope and that mail was the money addressed to one of my children. There's been time, I'll give you this story. This is not about me because the church I was in in Alabama, we took up food collections for Thanksgiving. And they had a ton of food. And we brought our food in there because we were headed to Florida to spend time with our family. So we give our food and we headed to Florida, come back after Thanksgiving, open the door. And there in our kitchen was food for the next three months. I didn't know what they were doing was for me. But in 47 years, the Lord God has never forsaken me. Not always got in abundance. I want to encourage you because in talking with some of you, I know you're discouraged. And it's simply because fear has replaced trust in God, the assurance of his sovereignty. And better still, the assurance that he loves you. His son died for you. And just as Israel mounted up, ready for battle in their mind, God is ready for you to mount up because there is ministry. You can either go or you can send or you can do both. I want to encourage you. God will never put you to the test till you're ready to pass. How do I know that? God never forgets his word. At least you think he's forgotten. In Genesis chapter 15, we pick up a story when God made the covenant with Abraham. What it was, they laid out halves of birds. And as a custom, when two people made a covenant, they would light a torch and the two people would walk through the sacrifice. And what this meant was each side was guaranteed they would keep the covenant. But God brought a great sleep over Abraham. And only in the form of a cauldron pot, God went through that fire 
Because the covenant that he made with Abraham was an everlasting covenant. And the only one that was going to guarantee that covenant was not Abraham. It was God. Upon our covenant with Jesus Christ on the cross is a permanent covenant. And it is not dependent on us. It is dependent on God. Here's what God said to Abraham. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell over Abram. That was before he was named Abraham, obviously. And behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain, put the emphasis, know for certain that your offspring, how many offsprings did Abraham have? Two, one was a covenant. But your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and will be servants there. These people that are in Egypt and are now leaving are his offspring. God took 70 of Abraham's seed into Egypt couple of million are leaving. And they were servants. They were slaves there. And they will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve. And afterwards, they shall come out with great possessions. Isn't that what we just read about? God brought ten plagues on the nation that they served. And he brought them out. I, I tried to find out how long before that happened. It had to be nearly a thousand years, maybe longer, before what God said there. Now, there was another guy, part of Abraham's seed, that believed him. You remember Joseph? Coat of many colors? Joseph was there. And as he was dying, this is what he, he said. And you find this in Genesis 50, 24 through 26. And Joseph said to his brothers, these are his brothers, that his whole family had moved in there. His brothers are there. They settled in Goshen. Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die. But God will visit you and bring you up out of this land to the land that he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely visit you. And you shall carry my bones from here. So Joseph died being 110 years old. And they embalmed him. And he was put in a coffin in Egypt. He believed the promises of God. See, in those days they had something wonderful that we have forgotten about in the United States. Oral history. I learned oral history going to my nanny and papa's house. Sitting around listening to my grandparents talk about their time and their, how their life was and what they did. I learned who I was by listening to the heritage. I learned who the, the, I was when I heard my granddaddy teaching Sunday school class. These are the things that we are failing to pass on. Many times when I was a kid, I would ask, why do I have to do something? And my parents had a one-word answer, because... A lot of times they would add, I said it, but dad thought because. Now, in some instances, that was a pretty good answer. 
But you see, when we talk to our children about our faith in God and their need in a faith in God, it's not because I think they need it. It's because God's word says that he has given to me his creation and I'm to watch over them and I'm to nurture them in the word of God so that they can tell their children of what God has done in our life. We need to get back to oral history. We need to get back to controlling the conversations that are going around, guys. Joseph believed and it happened. Fourth, God will never send you where he doesn't lead you. Think about that. Stacy and them, West Virginia. God's preparing all the way. I've been knowing Joe for about nine years in Tomoka. He was my pastor for about eight months. God sent me out and used me somewhere else. And now he's prepared a way and I'm back. Somebody said, oh, God will never take you anywhere. When I say I need a camera person, God, God will go before you on that stand and you will know things that you never knew before. When you give in support of missions, God replaces that. You don't miss it one bit. See, God is there at the start. God is at the beginning. Let me tell you how big God is. Before creation, before time was, God in his mind saw the beginning and he saw the end and he saw you and he saw me. God is that big. And if you have a problem with your faith this morning and trust, it's because the God you believe in is too small. The God I believe in has moved mountains. The God I believe in has opened the Red Seas, Jordan River. Whatever is needed at the time for God's people, he's not in the back saying, y'all go ahead and go. He's out front with the banner of Christ and he's saying, follow me because I've made a way for you. And what he's waiting for is us to follow him. Nexus 13. Verses 19 to 22. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. Now, from the time Joseph said that to the time Moses took the bones was for over 450 years. Now, think about that. You don't think that went down through generations? And Joseph was saying, when y'all leave. And they were slaves. But Joseph knew what God had told Abraham. And God is faithful. For Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry my bones with you from here. And they moved on from Succoth and encamped at Ethan at the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day with a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night with a pillar of fire to give them light so that they might travel by day and by night. And the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Steadfast promise. Now, a question I want to ask is, who sits on the throne of your life? Who is the king on your throne? You see, if it's self, 
you are usurping the authority that he has over the life that he gave.